I want to be able to do what I can for as long as I can. So I'm just going to enjoy and embrace what I can do while I can do it. Dizruns Radio episode 1012 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, what is your number one running goal this year? Um, depending on what it might be, there are obviously a multitude of different ways to get there. One way would be to uh, maybe work with a coach. I am a coach. Funny how that works out. If uh, you want some help with your with your pursuit of your goals this year, your goal or goals, whatever they might be, and you think that maybe it's, it's time to roll the dice on a coach, uh, I'd love the opportunity to, to see if we might be a fit. Uh, I make no bold claims that I am the coach for everyone. I am certainly not. Uh, but I like to think that if I'm working with the right people, which I currently feel like I am, I can be an asset. I think, you know, maybe that's that's being a little bit braggadocious. Maybe that's patting myself on the back a bit too much, giving myself a little too much credit. I don't know. But I like to think that I'm, I'm not a hindrance, if nothing else, uh, which is probably not the best way to sell myself. But, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, if, if you're in the market for a coach, you want, you want somebody to help you work towards your goals this year, whatever they might be, getting faster, uh, running farther, hopefully mixed into whatever goals it is, staying healthy, which is, I think, my number one focus when it comes to the folks I work with. Uh, Dizruns.com slash coaching is the page on the website with kind of the, the general overview of my coaching philosophies and principles. And then near the bottom, there's a, a different, you know, different tab, I guess, for each of the different levels for the coterie, for one to one, for concierge. You can kind of look at the pros and cons, the costs, all the all the the details. Well, the the quick details are there, and then also there's a link to switch over to each page for kind of a little more fleshed out, a little more information on each level. If one of those levels sounds like it might be right for you, there's sign up information there. Of course, you can also ask any questions that you might have, and uh, you know, like I said. I'll do whatever I can do to help support you, to help keep you moving, keep you on track towards your goals. So check it out for more information on the website. Once again, disruns.com slash coaching. Any questions, give a shout. And, and as always, I'm not going to try to hard sell you. I'm just going to answer your questions and let you make the decision that is right for you, whether that's me or someone else or no coach at all. It's totally up to you. Uh, but the, the doors are open. There's a few spots available at each level. Uh, so check it out, disruns.com slash coaching. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, today's guest is someone that uh, I connected with on Instagram a few months ago. And uh, honestly, I've been kind of looking forward to uh, this chat pretty much ever since. Uh, she's been running for, for several years, I think. I don't know. We'll get that history as we go. Uh, but certainly in the last couple of years, her running has taken on a little different uh, different meaning. Things have been a little bit different. Uh, because in 2020, she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And uh, in 2021, she was an ambassador for the MS Run the Year uh, program, raising, raising funds to help fight MS. And uh, it, going forward in 2022, uh, she's part of the MS Run the US relay team. So lots of, lots of things to talk about, obviously. 
Um, and so we'll just kind of dive in and see where we go with uh, the conversations today with Miss Kelly Irvin. So, Kelly, thanks for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, looking looking forward to it. And guys, if you enjoyed today's episode and kind of want to follow along with with Kelly as she's you know gearing up for the 2022 relay and and beyond, uh, Instagram is a great place to do so at Kelly underscore runs the number two stop. So runs two stop, all kind of one jumbled word, but the number two instead of you you know how we're going here. Uh, Kelly underscore runs to stop underscore ms. Uh, you can also find her on Facebook, of course. And and as per usual. Um, in case you're a little gummed up with underscores and dashes and not that there's any dashes, but you know, things get crazy on social media. Disruns.com slash 1012. Disruns.com slash 1012 is uh, the link back to the show notes today where we'll obviously have uh, her social media accounts linked up there. Make it easy to, easy for you to connect, easy for you to uh, follow along. Uh, and if you're so inclined as to donate, which I mean, we'll talk about that at some point along the way, we'll have the link there as well. Disruns.com slash 1012. So, uh, Kelly, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with what I think is a pretty simple question. Uh, sometimes it's an easy one to answer. Sometimes it's a little bit more complicated on that front, though. Uh, but one way or the other, it's a good place to start the chat and kind of a launch off, serves as a launching off point for today. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? So, yeah, I did think about this quite a bit, probably more than I needed to, because I think my answer is probably what most people answer, probably the most common answer. It's probably the half marathon and probably for similar reasons that most people choose. It's kind of easy and doable, but still a challenge at the end of the day. It's not just like a go out there and do a little thing. It's like a bigger thing, but not as crazy as training for a marathon. So I do enjoy the half marathon, but something that kind of happened over the pandemic that I was kind of unexpected I really kind of enjoyed not doing live races and having to be somewhere at a certain time, which kind of surprised me. I was someone that would always sign up for a lot of local races, have something like on the calendar most weekends. And then when the pandemic hit, obviously all that kind of like came to a halt. I still continued with my running, but now that like live races are back on, like some of the ones I've signed up to, I'm like happy I went to them. But at the same time, I was like, oh, do I it's kind of nice to not have to like get up and drive somewhere. I can just run out the door and do whatever I want instead of like having this commitment of like being at this place at this time, which was kind of like a little unexpected twist for me, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting observation. And, and one that I don't think I've heard too many speak about before. Cause I feel like obviously, you know, the, the pandemic hit all of us various different ways, of course, but on the running front, um, I feel like you had the people that weren't really that into racing anyway. So it was just kind of like, you know, whatever I might do a race occasionally, but like I run consistently because health reasons, mental health reasons, time alone, like whatever, the, all the different reasons that we have. Uh, but races aren't a big deal. Then there were the folks that like who love to race and, and, you know, really struggled or potentially really struggled without races, but couldn't wait to get back out there get onto the starting line, get around, you know, around the, a group of runners again, uh, maybe socially distanced group of runners, but still around, around other runners, get that atmosphere and get out and race. Um, any, I guess all that to say, any, any ideas why maybe that, that, that it's, it's racing has lost a little bit of luster. Not that there's clearly not anything wrong with that. I'm not a big racer myself, but just curious kind of how, if you have any ideas, how that kind of unfolded like that. I'm not sure. I think part of it might have been like in 2019, I started having a little more issues with my running. So I was getting like frustrated with it. So I was training consistently, but kind of sliding backwards with it almost where it was feeling more difficult. And I was like, am I overtraining? Um, 
so I don't know if that was part of it and kind of just not feeling mm -hmm. as confident of a runner anymore, even though I was still enjoying getting out. And it also could have just been, I do live in a more rural area. So it was kind of a decent commitment to do a lot of races. And at one point I was like, it's not worth it for me to drive like over 40 minutes or 45 minutes for anything less than a half marathon. So I think it was just also that travel piece. Like I was gaining this extra time that I didn't have to pack up things with me and go to this race get there early to get my bibs, stand in the bathroom line, all of that stuff. I could just kind of like do my thing and then have the rest of my day instead of like my whole day being surrounded by going to this running event. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And, and especially, um, you know, and this isn't to downplay, although everybody knows, most of y'all know my, my disdain for the 5k just because I just like, it's just hard. Like I'd rather do hard <laughs> marathon than, than hard 5k for some weird reason. But but yeah, you know, if you're, if you're going to drive 40, 45 minutes or, or even more than that to find a race that is only, quote unquote, only a 5K or even a 10K, like, yeah, that's that's a big commitment for a race that's going to be less than the amount of time driving just one way. And so I get the, I get that kind of being like, eh, you know, once you get out of the routine a little bit, like, I don't miss that. So does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think that's probably kind of what happened. I hadn't really thought about it until you asked, but I think that is likely what happened. It was just yeah. easier to have the whole day. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Well, look at, look at me asking probing questions that you've never been asked before. <laughs> a little, a little pat on the back for myself this morning. Thank you for that, Kelly. Um, running history. What's, what's your running history like? I mean, you know, you mentioned 2019 things starting to, to maybe not go quite as well. And I'm sure that kind of ties into some of the MS stuff as well, but um, you know, has running long been part of your life or, or something semi-recent, like kind of where did, where did you get started in the sport? So for quite a while, I didn't run in high school or anything like that. Um, I kind of got into it in college. I started doing exercise DVDs like in the morning before my classes in college. And that was mostly like strength training and kind of like some like not really step aerobics, but some kind of I guess like plyo and hit mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of got a little bit like, oh, I don't really want to do this every day. Like what else could I add to this? So I would just go out from my like college dorm room and run like 15 minutes in one direction, 15 minutes back, like no idea what I was doing, how far I was going, had like the worst shoes, like most people running in cotton socks, all that stuff that everybody when they start running, I think, well, maybe not everybody, a lot of people mm -hmm. kind of do those things, just grab what they have and go. And then as you get into it more, you realize there are better things out there to make it a little more comfortable than some kind of ratty old sneakers you've had for 10 years in the closet or something. Um, so I started doing that in college and never really did any races or anything in college. I kind of was consistent with that. Looking back, the most I probably ever ran was like four miles at a time, but never tracked any distance or anything. It was more just like based on time. I was like, all right, I have this much time. I'm going to run out half that time and turn around and come back. Um, and then after college, I moved to where the area where I live now, which is the Catskill mountain area of New York. And I didn't really know anybody. It's a pretty rural area. I still continued with like my exercise DVDs for like strength training and just started kind of like going out and exploring, um, some of the roads where I lived would go out on runs 
And then where I work, we used to have um, an instructor that would come in and do like a boot camp class. Mm-hmm. And she started adding like some like run intervals during some of the boot camp stuff. And she was like, I think you could probably run a 5K like with what you're running in this thing. So there was this um, 5K that a couple people from work were doing and I signed up to do it and I survived and <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Looking back like you, 5K is, I don't even know the last time I ran a 5K, like I don't enjoy them. Um, but that was my first kind of race a couple years after college. And then I kind of just went from there. I was like, oh, I did a 5K. And then there was this random 8K, which you really never hear of that distance. So I was like, oh, I'm going to sign up for that. That's a little further than a 5K. Did that one and then kind of just was building up distance from there. Um, Eventually got to the half marathon distance. My first half marathon was in Pittsburgh, which is my hometown. Um, They had the marathon had been kind of on hold for a few years. And when it came back, I decided, all right, I'm going to do the half marathon did that and really enjoyed it. So I kind of just like kept going with the half marathon distance for a while. And for a few years, I would kind of make it my goal to run at least 12 half marathons a year. So I was getting like one a month on like 12 average. official races or 12 just go out and run? No, 13? yeah, 12 official, which okay. um, at the time my husband would run with me and we would, that would be like our weekend mm-hmm. kind of trips was going to like places that were drivable for like a weekend trip to do different half marathons. And then eventually one year there was something that happened that I had to miss the Pittsburgh half marathon, a commitment with work, like a training course I was doing that happened to fall on the same weekend as the Pittsburgh marathon. So then the next year is actually my husband's idea. He's like, why don't we do the marathon? We've been doing the half marathon. He like totally didn't really train for it and doesn't really run much at all anymore. Um, I trained for it, had a really good experience. Like it was a great first marathon. The city was great. The course was great. I think I followed like a decent training plan as one I had kind of just found online, but I think it worked for me and I finished like feeling good. Like I never like hit that wall. I took everybody's advice about not going out too fast and like being really diligent about starting slower than I thought I needed to and finished feeling really good. And then the next year I was like, that was it. I was doing like a spring and a fall half marathon. And then 2019 came and kind of the marathons I had run in 2019, like were really difficult. And I had signed up for like a training plan through a an online company. Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of blamed that for my issues and looking back, um, it probably likely was the MS that was causing some of my difficulties. My legs would kind of just like cramp up differently than what I heard people experience when they would say they like hit the wall kind of like Mm -hmm. cramping stuff or leg stopping I would get these like electrical kind of like shock sensations in my legs usually around like mile 15 to 17 and then I just like it was really hard to like keep going and I was like I don't understand like my training was fine I trained for this um so the two um, marathons I did in 2019 were not so great and then 2020 hit and here we are and here we are and here we are um going back to the to the first uh marathon the 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 first time you ran the pittsburgh marathon um Mm -hmm. i mean it you know and i i guess i always try to kind of chuckle at myself when i when i hear 
somebody say, you know, the first marathon, like I trained well, I listened to advice from other folks and like, you know, I, I, I ran smart and like it actually went really, really well, which is like such a complete polar opposite of the nonsense that I did for my first marathon. <laughs> um, but, but going into, into that event, um, or maybe, maybe not going into it so much as, as, um, you know, coming out of it, like feeling good was, was that kind of like, Oh, this marathons like, like, had you, where am I trying to go here? Before 29, like what year was, it? I guess that's the question really. What, what, when about was that? I mean, was that a couple years before 2019 when it started? To yeah, go I want to say that was probably 2016. I okay. think that was. So, so, and then you ran a couple marathons in, in the, the, years after that or not until 2019 did you run another marathon no i had run others i had run um two and the next like the following years up till that gotcha i would do like a spring one usually i would do the pittsburgh one and then i would find one to do in the fall gotcha okay i think i i must have misheard you because i I thought you said a couple half marathons and i was like what you run anyway whatever um there were some half marathons sprinkled in those marathon times too and those were kind of like the two races i would go for was be either like a half marathon or marathon and didn't really do many other distance gotcha. racing from the time I did my first marathon until kind of now. Gotcha. So, and I guess where now I'm kind of trying to get to or now, now, now my question at least makes sense in my head. We'll see if it makes sense coming out of my <laughs> mouth. That's always, that's always a, a, an interesting way that that sometimes doesn't work out. But um, in, in the couple of marathons that you ran between the first one and then in 2019, when things didn't go as, as well as planned, did you feel like you were making progress? Did you, did, did you see, you know, times get faster or, or feel better or kind of how, you know, just an overview, but how did, how did things kind of go in those couple years in between? Yeah. So they went pretty well. I, um, 2017 was pretty good. The two I had run there were like, not a ton faster, but about like 15 minutes faster than my first marathon. That, that so counts I was, as a ton faster, I think. Not 15 <laughs> was, minutes off. I was happy with that. Those went pretty well. 2018 was about the same. Like I was kind of like consistent with mm-hmm. my times from like 2017, 2018 when I was running the marathons. Like my times were pretty consistent. Like I hadn't made like a ton of progress between 2017 to 2018. And 2019, looking back, like the times weren't that awful. It was just the way my body was reacting was not great. And I thought I was thinking like maybe I went out too fast because like it would just really hit me that I almost felt like my legs just didn't want to work anymore. They just got really heavy and I would get those like electrical shock sensations. So not, I guess not like a ton of progress, but I did make progress, but I wasn't doing any kind of like dedicated working with a coach or anything Mm -hmm. to trying to improve. It was really just something I enjoyed doing. I had started, I live in a pretty hilly area living like in the Catskill mountain area. So for my first marathon, I had kind of like sought out places that were a little flatter to run. Mm -hmm. And then for the next ones, I was like, no, like the Hills are here. Like just do them (laughs) for the long runs. And I think it was maybe that that kind of like helped with the improvement was going from training on what I can, find around where I lived that was relatively flat to like really embracing those hills for the marathon training and long runs. Yeah. Well, and that, and that it all kind of works together too. You know, it's, it's, you know, just consistently from, even if you're not running perfectly consistent, but just like running consistently for years, like that makes a difference. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. anyway, whole host of factors that could, could <laughs> lead into it. Um, but then 2019 comes, you run a couple marathons that don't go as well. Like you said, maybe not even the time so much, but it's just how you're feeling and how the body is going. And obviously with the benefit of hindsight, looking back, kind of maybe you can, can figure out a little bit more about what it was as other, 
other than the training plan or strategy of, of how you're running the race, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but when did it kind of come onto your radar that like, maybe something is wrong, you know, may, maybe something isn't quite right. as far as it wasn't just my training wasn't up to par or it wasn't race strategy that was going on or, or, you know, other areas of life where things are probably starting to see some signs and symptoms. Like, like when did like, Hey, we need to get, you know, go see the doctor, get some things checked out because something's, something's not quite right anymore. Okay. So before I had any like inkling that I need to go to a neurologist, there were some little things that happened in 2018 and then in 2019 that I was having a lot of problems with my right leg that I was attributing to like orthopedic problems Mm -hmm. um, and did have some issues with my knee with like MRI and it did show some like wear down of cartilage. And again, looking back, that is now likely related to some of the MS things. But I had had for those couple of years, like some issues with my right leg, um, had been in and out of physical therapy with not much improvement, just thinking it was like things from running. Um, and then I would say summer of 2020, I had all of these symptoms that looking back had come and gone over the years that I always attributed to running. Mm-hmm. I would get kind of like my feet would go numb, like a couple miles into a race or a run, And I would hear other people say things like that. And they'd be like, oh, I tied my shoes tight and my feet went numb. But I never considered the fact that for them, like the feeling came back a little bit later. And for me, like my feet would be numb or like decrease sensation for like a week or so. And then it would kind of just go away. And I never thought much of it. Um, I would get like intensely itchy legs where it was like nothing would satiate the itch. And I would attribute to it, oh, it was like really kind of cold on that run. My legs just got like irritated on that run. So they're just really itchy and dry or something. Mm -hmm. Or I would get these like electrical shock sensations in my leg when I would step. And I'd be like, oh, I just stepped too hard when I went around that turn and like irritated my nerve and caused this like electric shock feeling up my leg. Um, I would get a lot of weird sensations on the bottom of my feet where it felt like I was kind of like running on hot cement or like my socks were like scratchy carpet mm-hmm. kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. And I remember mentioning it to one of my friends that I would sometimes run with and she's like, Oh yeah, that doesn't really happen to my feet, but I would just kind of like not think much of it. Well, and it's and then, easy to, to think not much of it because you know, like, I don't know. I mean, at least when you don't, when you're not thinking of something like MS or any, any type of, you know, you're not thinking of any type of major things that are, are quote unquote going on or wrong or whatever you want to call it. Like, Oh yeah. You know, it was, it was cold or it was this or that and the other. And then, you know, like, like you kind of have said, like looking back now, a lot easier to be like, Oh yeah, these are all signs and symptoms that we just missed at the time because didn't, didn't think to look at this in this direction. Yeah. They were kind of just Mm self-resolved. So it was like last for like seven to 10 days and then it would be better. And didn't really impact my life too much. So then summer of 2020, it started with like a feeling on my feet. And then every day, like something else added, like one of those symptoms I had had before kept like layering on and layering on to my legs and till my legs were just like so heavy. It was like hard to walk. It felt like I was walking across like hot coals barefoot. Um, I was getting these really intense like electrical cramps in both of my legs or my calves would kind of like cramp up and my feet would like curl in. And I was like, Oh, maybe it's like a pinched nerve or something had um, reached out to some friends that 
did some like different yoga things and knew some strategies for like relieving pinched nerves, trying all these things I knew to try. Nothing was really working. And after about two weeks of like those symptoms kind of just like layering upon themselves, um, I was like, this isn't right. I'm going to make an appointment with a neurologist. And at that point, I was starting to think maybe it was MS. I had learned about MS in my schooling and college. So I did know about it. It wasn't like something that was coming out of left field and I had never heard of before. So I did start wondering, like, it's not really presenting like I know a pinched nerve typically Mm -hmm. would. Um, So that's when I went to the neurologist when I had had those symptoms, like all kind of like layer on top of each other with the addition of like new symptoms in my legs. Um, And then just when it lasted for over two weeks, I was like, this, this isn't right. And I was starting to have some issues with my vision. Mm. Um, I was seeing kind of like double vision when I try to read things. And it was just, I it kind of attributed that that kind of started a little bit before this stuff with my legs. And I had attributed that to it was the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I'm an occupational therapist, we were doing a lot of things virtually, we weren't seeing the students in person. So I was on the computer a lot more. So I thought my eyes were just more tired from being on the computer much more than I usually was. So that had kind of started probably spring of 2020. And then in June of 2020 is when all of the stuff was happening with my legs and went started realizing I needed to go to a neurologist. Right. When, when the diagnosis comes through, and I'm sure that takes a little bit, of, you know, it's not like a snap the finger, I'm sure, tests and, and checking things out and whatnot. But when, when the diagnosis is, is confirmed that this is what, what's going on, um, I don't know if this is going to sound ridiculous, but was it like, what were the feelings? Was there a little bit of relief of like, at least now I know what it is and now some of these things make sense? Was it like, oh God, what's, what's going to happen now? Or maybe a little bit of, of all of the above, but kind of what was, what was the, the, the feelings, the, the emotions, the, the, the mindset when, all right, this is, this is what's going on and, and kind of figuring out what's going to be next. So I had almost had myself convinced that it was going to come back. That's what it was. I went to like the local neurologist after like all the testing was done and he did confirm, he said, I do think you have MS, but I think you should see a specialist Mm -hmm. just to get a second opinion. I think at that point I said, Oh shit, I was right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I don't think I really went into like some people go into like a spiral of like what's going to happen. And I'm more of a, what can I do about this? Mm -hmm. So I really started reading about different diet things and what I could potentially do to help whatever was going to be happening with my body. Um, So pretty shortly after I did um, make some dietary changes, which were helpful. Um, And I had started that before I saw the specialist, I'm a specialist. um, And when I saw him, he did confirm that he agreed that it was MS and with like the other doctor. And then he was, he had suggested some medications to start. So I did choose one of those and the medication and diet changes have really minimized symptoms. It's one of those things. I didn't realize how many symptoms I was really having until I wasn't having them as frequently or as many of them. So I don't know if that really answered your question, actually. No, it, it does. It, it, you know, <laughs> I think that that again, you know, like any everybody responds to pretty big news in different ways, and obviously depending on your personality. But like 
like being proactive, going in, you know, like, all right, this is what it is. And like you said, you kind of already had convinced yourself. So it wasn't like a complete bomb dropping at that point because you'd kind of already known enough for, you know, done the research to kind of figure that out. Um, when did, uh, run the MS run the U S kind of come on your radar. Was that something you had known about before or, or kind of, how did you, uh, find, find that Avenue of taking action and being proactive against the disease? So shortly after I got diagnosed, I started kind of looking into trying to find like Facebook groups or some kind of groups of like other runners with MS. And I really wasn't successful with it mm. for some reason. I really like, I don't know if I wasn't searching the right things. I really wasn't finding much. And since running was such a big part of my life, I wanted to be able to continue it. But my running was also affected from the MS. So I wanted just to find a group of people that had like similar experiences. And like I said, didn't have much luck. And then I eventually started kind of just like searching podcasts with like the keyword of MS and running. Mm. And I eventually I don't remember exactly which podcast it was, but I had come across one that Ashley, the founder of MS Run the US had done. And I was listening to it and I was like, this is it. This is what I was looking for. Mm. Um, so that night I signed up for their ambassador program and then kind of just kept going from there. Shortly after I signed up for the ambassador program, they have someone from the organization reach out just to chat with you about the organization and give you some more information. And that woman, her name was Amy. She had asked if I would be interested in the relay. And I was like, I don't think so. I've done marathons. I know how I feel after a marathon and I'm pretty good with that. I think I'll do the Pittsburgh virtual marathon as like my big fundraising thing as an ambassador. And that'll be good. Yeah. And then as like the 2020 team or 2021 team started going and hearing some of those stories and people with like a similar story to mine. I was like, if they did it, maybe I could do it. And then it was starting to consume like every run I was on. I was like, can I do it? Can't I do it? Maybe I could do it. And I was just thinking about it all the time. Like, should I do it? I don't know. That run was kind of tough. Like, could I do this like that many miles day after day? And then I'd have a really run where I felt pretty good. And I was like, no, I could totally do that. So it was just this constant like back and forth of my head that I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And then there was one of the runners from the 2021 team who had a similar story to mine. She like I just seemed to click with her story and everything. So after she had finished, I had reached out to her and she was super supportive and helpful. And she's like, should totally apply and kind of like gave me the confidence to like go ahead, go for it. So I submitted my application for the 2022 team, did the interviews, and then it was to the point where I was like, if I don't get picked, I'm going to be pretty upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's, uh, and, and, you know, dot, 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 here we are getting, getting ready yeah. for it. Um, I'm, I'm going to get back to, to, you know, kind of gearing up for 2022 and kind of some of those thoughts in a minute, but, um, I'm going to press pause on, on that and focus on, marathon you did not too long ago if if, if my research if my my crack research squad is is on point uh new york city you ran new york this year uh, i did yes how was ha, had you run new york city before i did i had run it once in 2018 okay okay and that one i had got in through the lottery and for 20 it was supposed to be 2020 obviously. And it was supposed to be the 50th anniversary. And I was like, I really want to do the 50th anniversary. I had it in my head that that's what I wanted to do. 
and I don't live like super close to the city, but close enough that I was able to do the New York Roadrunners had like a mm-hmm. nine plus one program. Mm-hmm. So I had you know, do like nine of their like qualifying races, volunteer at one, and you can get like a guaranteed entry to the next year's marathon. So I did that for 2019 so I could get into the 50th anniversary in 2020. 2020 happened, got postponed, and then they send out like a resolution thing of like ranking I think it was 2021, 22, and 23 of like your top two choices of those two mm-hmm. for when you'd want your entry to be transferred to. So I picked like 2021, 2022, and then we found out everybody that picked 2021 got in for 2021, which was now the 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So that's how that one gotcha. happened. It was beautiful weather that day, and having run it in 2018 versus this year Mm -hmm. um they had reduced the field size they had changed the start wave times like how they had added a start wave and like made the times between the start waves longer Mm -hmm. and then i think i'm pretty sure international travel wasn't happening until like right after the marathon or something like that so it was almost half the people of when i ran it in 2018 so just the whole experience was so much smoother of I don't know if you know much about the start of New York City, but it's a lot in the morning before you actually get to Staten Island and start. It's just like this long morning. And it's usually like so much people. It just went so much smoother this year. And it was a really great experience. Gotcha. Well, good. That, that's good. And, and um, you know, I guess I guess I'll, I'll try to preface my question with a little bit of the thoughts going through my head. But, um, you know, this year or 2021 New York city marathon, you already knew that you were, you were already part of, of the 2022 relay team at that point, right? My timeline's correct. Yeah. I had found out like about a month before New York city marathon. Okay. So, so you go out and run the marathon. Um, when you, when you're finished, maybe the next day, maybe the same day, whatever, were there any thoughts going through your head as, as far as like, all right. Well, I mean, that was great and it was fun and it's New York city and, and, you know, it sounds like it was a pretty good race day experience. Um, you know, in, in a few months, I'm going to have to do this again and again and again for, you know, six days in a row. Like, like did that, did that thought kind of cross into your, into your brain at all? It definitely did. <laughs> and I was like, I'm definitely not going to be able to run marathon pace for the relay. I'm going to have to come up with a different strategy for that. Um, And I knew that uh, after one of our, like, team calls, I had reached out to the run coach that works with the relay team and kind of, like, told her my timeline. And I had kind of, like, two weeks that I was supposed to, like, take it easy before starting kind of, like, the 10-week base training plan after New York City. So it was kind of just a time to, like, refocus and be like, all right, that marathon's over now it's focusing on figuring out what I need to do to be able to finish this relay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And, and obviously we're still in the early stages of that, you know, like, like probably not even quote unquote official training has started yet either while we're recording this or even once it, once it comes out. Um, but, but what are, you know, what are the thoughts looking forward to, to the event? I mean, again, still, still several months away, but, um, excited, anxious, nervous, again, maybe all of the above, but like, like what's going through your mind at, at, at this point with, with, 
uh, are you doing six days, right? Is it six days of, of yeah, mine six days. Yep. Okay. So you got six, six days of marathon plus mileage in a row ahead of you. What's, what's going through the mind right now? A little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, definitely excited about it. See how it's going to go. I feel like it's one of those things I can't even like fathom it until it's happening. Like mm-hmm. I'm not even going to understand it probably even when it's happening. I just don't even think it's something I can begin to process. Right. Uh, I do know, like, I've had a lot of people reach out to me that know I'm doing it from, like, coworkers and people from that I was that I'm friends with, and they're like, "How are you going to do that? Or what's the training like? What's your training plan like?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I'm just taking it a week at a time. <laughs> Focus on what I need to do that week, and then." move on to the next week and focus on what I need to do for that week and just trust the process. Like other people have done it. Mm-hmm. So if they've done it, I should be able to do it. Well, and, and that's probably, probably the best way to do it. Because if you, if you start to think about all of the, all of the things at once, it's pretty easy for it to be overwhelming, both in terms of thinking about all the training, all the, all the logistics, um, all of the six days in a row of, of marathon plus, like, you know, you, 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 there's nothing that you can do to do all of it at once, but if you can, can break it down into chunks that are a little bit more manageable and like, this is what I have to do this week to start preparing. And this is what I have to do next. Like, and just take it that one week at a time. It's almost like, you know, on race day, it's easy to say sometimes harder to do, but like just run the mile you're in as opposed to running the other 13 or 26 or however many miles, you know, whatever the distance of the race is like, you can only run, this mile right now. And then you run the next mile and then you run the next mile. And if you do that, at least for me, I feel like that mentally makes the process go quite a bit smoother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely like to break things down and not like know what the end kind of not goal. Cause I'm not really set on like always getting to a goal. It's mm-hmm. like the whole process is what's important to me. And kind of like the thing I've always said, even before like MS, like always in my running, it was always just like, enjoy the journey and enjoy what you're doing because you're out there doing this, enjoying the outdoors, doing something that not everybody is out there doing. Enjoy that you're doing it instead of being too hung up on timing and Mm -hmm. pace and all of that stuff, which took me a little bit to get to. And definitely um, MS has slowed my paces down. And before I knew I had MS, it was, a little mentally challenging to like see that happening and not understand why. And I still have days where I struggle and I'm like, Oh, I would have been able to do this so much quicker a couple of years ago. But now I just really try to focus on being thankful that I am able to run to some people with MS. We know are not able right. to still run and do the things that they want to do. So I want to be able to do what I can for as long as I can. So I'm just going to enjoy and embrace what I can do while I can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, on the, on, on the, I guess maybe for some folks, I think probably understand this, but maybe, maybe those that are newer to the show or haven't heard about MS run the U S before, um, not only do you get to run, you know, six days in a row, uh, marathon each day, which, you know, lucky you, I guess. Mm. Um, but you also get to, you know, and maybe the more, maybe the more important part is the fundraising that goes with it and trying to, to raise some funds, raise awareness, and, and obviously be able to help fight, fight the fight and research and, and all those types of things. Um, but, but when it comes to charity running, I've talked about this before and, and I'm sure I'll talk about it again. Um, 
I, I was hung up for a long time about the, 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 like, I would love to do a charity event, love to, to run for a cause, but like, gosh, the asking for money piece is like not something that I really enjoy doing. Um, I got over it and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, but how are, how are you finding fundraising both for 2022 and, you know, for 2021 as, as, as an ambassador, like, was that a, a challenge for you to raise money for the cause or did it come pretty naturally or, or how, how did that all kind of, uh, work itself out for you? That was definitely something that I was concerned about. Um, I had never done any charity raising before for anything. I had donated to other people's things, but I had never like taken on any kind of fundraising myself other than like the stuff you're kind of like forced to do for clubs and things in high school. But um, for the ambassador thing, you kind of like set your own goal, but if you don't meet it, it's not like the end of the world. It's not like it's a, you said you would raise this much, so you have to have this much. You kind of just set a goal and anything that they raise through the ambassador program is used towards providing the financial assistance to people to help lessen the burden of cost for different home modifications or like maybe a lift in their for their wheelchair van or something that they may need um, to just help them, the people with MS live a little more independently. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the fundraising does go for that for the ambassador program. So anything that the ambassadors raises, anybody, anything that every, anybody raises for is definitely appreciated. Um, But I did find, I was surprised how supportive people were. And I initially had only kind of like told um, some of my closer friends about my diagnosis. And then as time went on, I was like, it's kind of silly if I can share my story and inspire others or give others hope that they can still do the things they want to with an MS diagnosis or any challenge. Um, I feel that in sharing my story, people were more inclined to donate Mm -hmm. because they felt, I don't know if it was the connection with me or just knowing my story. It seemed that it went a little easier than I thought it would. So, so far with the, with the fundraising, has that mostly been what you've done? Cause I mean, if memory serves, I mean, I looked at it 45 minutes ago, you'd think I'd still be able to remember, but like mm-hmm. you're pushing eight grand already out of the 10 grand that you, that you have to raise for, for this year. And, and I mean, you've only been on, you know, the, the team announcements were only less than a couple months ago. So like, like it's, it's going well, is that, has that mostly been how the fundraising has come in is just people are, are willing to donate or have you done any type of events or anything like that? I haven't really done any events. I'm like shocked at how much I have raised so far. I'm just like in awe and so honored and thankful that people have been so generous to help Mm -hmm. raise money for the cause. Um, Most of it was just through coworkers and friends that knew I was doing it. Um, One of my best friend did write an article for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette that Mm -hmm. um, brought in some nice awareness. So that wasn't necessarily an event, but it was a thing. And I think I had around New York City Marathon posted some things about it. And I think just through doing that and people sharing it on social media, I was very fortunate to get um, more donations than I ever expected to get at this point. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, I mean, you, you put yourself out there and, and you never know. And, and as, as many people have told me um, when I was k- kind of kicking around the idea of doing a, a charity event, um, 
people are generous and and they're happy to they're they're happier to give than you might think and and clearly that's that's working itself out for you and and y'all listening again we'll have the link in the show notes because you know it's one of those long and, and and grumbly links with all the slashes and the numbers and things like that but yeah. um, we'll we'll have the link uh, to to Kelly's donation page through MS Run the US if you're if you're so inclined and and uh, would would like to give uh, to to help help the cause at this point. Um, you know, as as we're getting close to to that 10k mark, which is which is again 10,000 is what you what you're kind of on the hook for raising. Mm-hmm. Um, do do you have and and if you if you want to keep your cards close to the vest, that's cool. I, I won't I won't pry. Um, but do you have a number that you'd like to see getting to maybe beyond 10k, or are you just like let's get to 10k first and we'll worry about any any extra after that? I definitely do want to try to surpass it. Um, it's a cause that is obviously very dear to me. I'm so fortunate to have found the organization. I really connected with how they were helping people in real time. Um, other organizations that fund more of the medical research are definitely needed, but I really like that MS run the U S uses the funds to help people that need it in real time. Mm -hmm. And then the research funding goes towards, um, research regarding nutrition and, um, exercise for people with MS. And those are two things that I have found a huge help for myself. So I just really believe in it so much. And I really would like to exceed the 10 K mark. Um, I haven't really set a specific number in mind. I do really like the number three. So I feel like it's going to have some kind of threes in it (laughs) somewhere, but I haven't in my mind, I don't have like a specific thing. I just know I would like to get past the 10 K mark. Right. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully we can, we can get a few, a few, a few bucks coming your way to help push you beyond that. Um, you, you mentioned a couple of times and, and I'll, I'll preface this with the, the whole, you know, obviously everybody, every situation is different. Every person is different. Every, as far as I know it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but pretty much every person who has MS, it presents somehow differently. Like there's, there's all kinds of variables and, and, and no, no two cases are the same. Um, but on the dietary front, I, I'm, I'm a kind of always curious about diet and nutrition and, and, um, kind of the role that that can play in just health, running health, physical health, whatever overall. Um, but, but what, what have you found as far as dietary changes that have helped you in, in, in your experience since, since the diagnosis, you know, closing in almost two years ago? Um, so I eliminated gluten and dairy and cut back on legumes and that really helped me also cut on sugar. I wasn't a huge consumer of sugar before, but definitely more than probably I should have. Um, and those are the things that have kind of helped when I first started looking into different diets that other people with MS, um, had success with a I saw the common themes were definitely gluten and dairy were like ones to start with eliminating. And then I had previously kind of followed more of a pescatarian diet, eating a lot of legumes Mm -hmm. and some of the diets were talking about how some of the legumes can be inflammatory. So I had cut those way back and tried to, I still do have them on occasion, but it was like the bulk of it. So I kind of tried to look at what diets were going to be most different from what I was already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the elimination of gluten and dairy. I wasn't a huge like pasta and bread person, but gluten's in a lot of things <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that besides bread yeah. and pasta. I know most people think bread and pasta, but even before diagnosis, like I said, I was not 
that much of like pasta was not something I was like, I would eat it before a race because I felt like it was what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. but it wasn't something that was like a go-to thing that I'd want to eat. Um, so that's kind of what has been working for me right now. And mm-hmm. it could be, I did start the medication that I'm on maybe like two months after I had made the diet changes. So I think it could definitely be a combination of the medication I'm on with the diet changes, but at this point I'm not willing to play around with any of them because I am feeling for the most part pretty good. And yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's, if it's working and and, and that's where, um, you know, I, I, for, for whatever it's, it's worth coming from, from me who doesn't have any type of nutrition, you know, degrees or anything like that. Studied a few things, read a few books, but nothing, nothing super official, but it's all about just kind of, you know, looking at, at maybe what other people are doing and then tinkering and trying a little bit. And if you found a mix that, that seems like it's working pretty well for you, um, you know, I kind of feel like at some point leave well enough alone. Don't, don't cause a problem by trying something new when what you, when what is working at the moment combination of medication and diet and exercise and kind of all the things if it's working then keep on keeping on yeah that's that's what i'm doing awesome awesome so <laughs> as we're as we're wrapping up kelly i'm uh, gonna gonna close off with uh the old philosophical question which isn't really that philosophical necessarily it could be we'll, we'll see how you take it but just something that's that's fairly open-ended um kind of like the introductory question and, and that's where we'll kind of put put a bow on things for today um but but just curious um kind of at, at this point in your life, uh, having run for, for several years, um, what, what does, how, or maybe how is a better way of saying it. Well, definitely how is a better way of saying it. How has running changed you over the years? How is, how has running changed the, the, the woman that you are both, you know, pre MS now that you have, you know, that you have the diagnosis, um, but just overall in general, um, from, from where you were kind of in college, kind of dipping your toes into the running waters to, to where you are now, can you point to anything that, that, you know, whether it's character traits, mentalities, whatever, I mean, wide open for you, uh, ways that running has changed you over the years? It's definitely made me, like, persistent. Mm. Like, I get, like, an idea in mind, and it's like I want to follow through with it. And I don't know if that came from that, like, initial, I ran that 5K, let's see what else I can do. So definitely pushing myself to, like, challenge myself with different things, I guess, and just being, like, stubborn about actually doing it <laughs> like, pretty stubborn. I really enjoy kind of having like a training plan to follow. Like I'm pretty self-motivated to go out on my own and just run, but I do enjoy having that. Okay. You should run like this amount of miles or for this long of time on this day. I do enjoy having kind of like that check off. Like I did this, I did this, I did this kind of having those little mini, I guess, goals almost of like accomplishing this, for a day. So I guess, I guess like focused and driven, it has helped me become. Perfect. I mean, that's, that's great. And it's certainly something that, uh, I feel like I've kind of maybe developed a little bit over the years and and I'm smiling to myself because I think, I think that that persistent slash stubbornness may serve you real well when you pick up the baton in, in Utah, right? You're running from Utah to Colorado, something like that. Yeah. Super excited about that segment. That was like my first choice. I've never been out that way. Mm. And I just think it's going to be so amazing to see. And I'm glad it's not like in the middle of the summer because I do struggle with like (laughs) heat and humidity as not my friend. So yeah, I'm hoping for nice, cool temperatures and gorgeous views. (laughs) 
you you and everybody else that's doing it is hoping for cool temperatures during their segments, <laughs> but you might actually have a decent chance of getting some some decent weather for you. So, uh, y'all, uh, once again at Kelly underscore runs to stop, and again that's the number two. Kelly underscore runs to stop underscore MS uh, Kelly Irving on Facebook. And of course, disruns.com slash one zero one two for the social media links, links to things we talked about today. And of course, if you're so inclined as to uh, send a few dollars Kelly's way, I know she'll appreciate it. Uh, and we'll have that link in the show notes as well. So uh, Kelly wish you, I mean, just, it's going to be an, an, an awesome, hopefully an awesome training cycle. I hope it's, it's a great week uh, when, when, it's, when it's your time to go uh, for the, for the relay this year. Um, and I'm certainly, you know, looking forward to continuing to follow along, uh, wish you nothing but the best and, and maybe, you know, sometime in the summer or even into the fall, we can, we can saddle up and do a little debrief, uh, of, of how the experience went for you, but whether or not that happens, uh, thanks for the time today and uh, wish you nothing but the best going forward. Thank you so much. All right. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Kelly and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, little takeaway from our little chit chat today? Uh, for me, it kind of comes down to, and we I even fleshed it out a little bit in there. Like that was, it was such a a, a thing for me at the at the time, and and even going back through, it was still the thing that stood out the most. And it's the idea of of having a process and then trusting the process. Um, that's maybe the hard part. I think I think a lot of us, myself absolutely included, are great at coming up with ideas and maybe plans and scheduling some things out, whether you get a plan off, you know, as from a running perspective, whether you get a plan online, whether you, you've got a coach you're working with, you know, whatever the case, you get the plan, but uh, how well do you stick to it? How well do you, do you kind of stay on track, keep things moving um, and not get caught up necessarily with, with getting ahead of yourself? That's, that's, I know where I struggle. I, I don't know, but maybe not so much in running, but in other areas of life. But, but, uh, as a coach, I see that sometimes with my athletes too, you know, like, like where it's, it's X, Y, Z. Well, how come we're not doing this yet? Or when are we going to get to this distance or this type of workout, whatever the case might be. And when Kelly was talking about, Hey, you know, I, I've got my training plan. I'm in the base building phase and I'm just going to trust the process and, and trust the coaching to help me to get to running six marathons in six days is just like, yes, yes. Again, myself, maybe you, something we struggle with sometimes of having the plan, not having the plan, but working the plan, trusting the plan, sticking to the plan, not getting ahead of the plan. Because sometimes you rush, you rush the process, it gets you in trouble. Things don't always unfold like you think they're going to. And again, this is me speaking to myself as much as it is speaking to anybody else. So that's that was my takeaway. Maybe a little bit shorter and sweeter than, than usual because I don't, I'm trying in the new year to not belabor the point quite as much. No guarantees how well that goes, but trust the plan, trust the process, let it play out. And a lot of times that's the best way to see the results you're going for, as opposed to trying to rush things, you know, to quote miracle max, you rush a miracle, you get a rotten miracle, you rush the plan, you end up with a rotten plan. So there we go. That was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? As always, I would love to hear it at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can also head over to the show notes for today, Dizruns.com slash 1012, Dizruns.com slash 1012, Dizruns.com slash 1012. How many, how many different ways can we say it? I'll stop there for now. One of these days, we might get some Roman numerals, though. It'd be like M M X I I. There we go. Got it again. Uh, but... Anyway, one way or the other, you get to the show notes, 
uh, we got the we got the uh, photos from Kelly. We got the the links, and of course, we got that comment section down at the bottom, and you can leave your thoughts, feedbacks, and takeaways there. And uh, you know, we start a little start a little dialogue, a little little conversation back and forth uh, about what stood out to you, and and who knows where that might go. But uh, always love to hear from y'all if you're willing to uh, you know send your thoughts and feedbacks. I'm willing to read them. So that is that for today. Uh, one last plug for myself for coaching, you know, not for nothing, but I can maybe help you stay, stay with the process, help put the process in place for you. And, and maybe the most important piece of the puzzle while we're on the subject is adapting the plan, adjusting the plan when life happens, because we all know life happens. So how do you adjust? How do you adapt so that you're still on track, but just the track has changed a little bit. That's that's the key, and that's maybe maybe the biggest part of my job. I don't know. That's, that's a big part of my job for sure. So disruns.com slash coaching for all the information, all the different levels that are, that are available. Uh, any questions you have, give me a shout. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you did, hit that share button, spread the word. Uh, not only for me, but you know, spread the word for what Kelly's doing and, and everybody that's on the uh, MS Run the U.S. team this year. Let's help them raise some money. And uh, hopefully we'll get some more folks from the team, uh, or from, from this year's team, on the podcast soon to kind of hear about some of their, their pre-game uh, or pre, pre-relay uh, situations. And then maybe we'll get some back on it afterwards to talk about how it went for them. But uh, that's, that's, again, that's, that's rushing the process. Let's stick to the process. Just hit that share button if you're, if you're so inclined. Uh, and if you're not, that's okay, too. We'll still love you. Uh, anyway, one way or the other, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the time and attention. Really appreciate it. And until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later. Later.